I realize all of our kids are in the service here, and so I have a quick video for you guys about what we're gonna, I'm going to talk about today. And so if you want to roll that, that'll be awesome. For you kids, maybe you've seen it. It's from the movie The Star. It's a fun take on uh, the story of Jesus viewed through the eyes of the donkey. And so there was obviously not a mouse in the story that we're going to read about, but uh, that's Mary. And then the angels come to Mary, and she's told Mary that you're going to bear a son. And she's like, whoa, this is crazy. And so... Let's get into this story a little bit more. One of my favorite things is uh, being surprised, like getting something like I didn't expect, like watching a show, like you know something's going to happen, but you're on edge because you don't know what's going to happen, and then it happens, you're like, oh, I totally wasn't expecting that. When we were going to the Bible school, they kind of, they announced Jeremy and Kim, they're coming to the Bible school, and they're, they're two sons, we just had two at that time, Malachi and Zion are coming too obviously, because that's good parents. They bring their kids with them when they move. And so we, were th we got there, and so one of the students came up to us and talked to us after, and she's like, I heard your son's names, like Malachi and Zion, and I totally thought you guys were going to be African-American. And so <laughs> I wasn't expecting you to be white. And so like, they were expecting somebody to come, but they weren't expecting that. And so... I'm supposed to grab a different mic. No, I'm grabbing this mic. I was trying to remember what they told me when a mic dies, which one to grab. And so I believe it's this one. Anyways, if you watch talent shows and you've seen them, somebody walks out, they look a little bit scraggly, maybe a little bit shy, and like the judges are they're judging them already, like this is not gonna be that great. And then they start to sing, and they're just blown away. It wasn't what they were expecting. Uh, when it comes to Christmas time, my wife, she likes to be surprised, and I do a good job of actually not surprising her. Like, uh, she usually knows what she's going to get. I'm not sure if, like, I walk into the house with the bag, if she can, like, just smell it and knows, like, oh, yeah, that's from American Eagle, or that's from people's jewelry. And so and then she just knows. But this one time, surprised her, crushed it. And so I went, we opened up all the presents, and then I stuck my hand in the tree. Yeah, this is a, this is a thing, and it's pretty cool if you guys are taking notes, do this. And so I'll buy her something in a nice jewelry wise, stick it in the tree, and then at the end, pull it out, and then she's like, oh my gosh, and you're like, yeah, I know. And so this, the one time, I surprised her. And uh, she was just blown away, and... I still, I, I run on the glory of that story, and so, <laughs> but we have this story of Mary who gets something, like, that she didn't expect, but it was everything the world was ex anticipating for. It was everything, like, Israel was expecting. It was, it was a savior of the world. They were expecting this, but it wasn't the way they expected it to happen. You know, you're playing a game, you expect plays to happen, but you're not sure how they're going to happen. Or maybe you go to work that day, you're thinking a normal day, and it, it turns out differently. You weren't expecting that. Mary, she was just expecting to get married. But all of a sudden, now she's expecting not just a baby, but like the Savior, the Savior of the world. Let's pray. Father, we thank you Lord, that you do the miraculous. And we're excited to delve into this scripture to hear more about who you are and, Lord, what you have for us. And so I pray as we enter in, Lord, let these words be yours, not mine. Amen. 
If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to Luke chapter 1, 26 to 38. If you don't, it will be up here on the screen. Uh, you can follow along with me. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary, asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for nothing will be impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Leading up to this section of scripture, just right before this, we get a similar story. And I want to touch on this story before you know, we dive into this a little bit more about Mary, because it's impactful to what we're going to hear about in this section of scripture with Mary. And then I'll leave you with one big point. We're not going to be super long. We want to get to the food, obviously. And we just have a full program, so I will you know, sit tight. This is going to be awesome. I promise. Maybe. And then <laughs> we'll get, continue on. At the beginning of the chapter, Gabriel actually pays a visit to Zechariah. And Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth, the, the, she was barren, so they had no children, no children at all. In those days, that was hardly thing like anything to be like, there was nothing worse than this. Like, a child meant somebody to look after you when like, you're like, deep into your age. Like, there was no pension plan, no retirement homes kind of thing. A child meant, you know what, you also had a stake in Israel's future. Like in the, the promises that were bestowed upon them, you had your name, your family name continued in that, that line, that, of Israel's line. For years, Zechariah and Elizabeth had hoped for a son. Hope for it. You know, maybe there was times when Elizabeth would wake up in the middle of the night, she felt a little dizzy, maybe a little bit nauseous, and she'd think, this is it, like I'm pregnant. But then a couple of weeks later, she'd come to a heartbreaking realization that she wasn't. And after years and cycles and hope of, like in hope of this, but then followed by disappointment, they resolved themselves, Zechariah and Elizabeth, to the fact that they were no, never going to have children. It wasn't going to happen. And so by this point, it's a kind of like a permanent disappointment has set upon them. Plus, they had to deal with all the questions people asked them, right? Now, you know when something you realize is wrong, and then people start asking you those questions all the time? And it maybe just it feels like a little bit raw. Oh yeah, Zachariah and Elizabeth. Like, I wonder what's wrong with them. I wonder why God is displeased with them. Like, what don't we know about those two? What's, what's, what's being hid? Let me ask you, do you have something like this in your life? Something you can't understand why God you know, hasn't given it to you, or, or hasn't come true quite yet? Like, God, oh, why don't we have kids? Like, why don't we have kids? Like, we'd make great parents. Or like, God, why was I overlooked again for that promotion? I don't understand. 
God, why haven't we ever seen, seemed to come around that corner, like that financial corner, and now we, aren't we able to break through? We just feel like we keep hitting that wall. God, like, why am I so sick? And then on top of that, you have this sting of what other people are saying about you. I had a single friend who would go to weddings, and when he'd go to weddings, they, the old ladies would come up to him and ask him, or tell him this, bless your heart, a.k.a. you poor sap. <laughs> Don't worry, you're next. And he would, he came to me one day, he's like, I so badly wanted to turn around to one of these old ladies and say, don't worry, honey, you're next. <laughs> but he didn't. He's a good guy. He, he just confessed it to me. But look, we see the Bible is very careful to note that this was not a curse. They were righteous and would walk blamelessly before the Lord, Zechariah and Elizabeth. But I'm not sure there were still a lot of, I'm sure there's still a lot of times when Elizabeth and Zechariah asked themselves, God, like, what have we done wrong? Like, what's going on? Like, what's wrong with us? Like, how many of us have thought that right now? Like, how many of you have think, thought that? Like, what's wrong with me? Like, Zechariah and Elizabeth were no longer expecting something to happen. They weren't expecting it. They had hoped for it. They weren't expecting it to happen anymore, to have, this, have a child. But something was about to happen. The Lord didn't forget about them. And for those out there today who feel a bit forgotten, take heart. He hasn't forgotten about you today either. Keep pushing into him. Keep striving towards him. He hasn't forgot about you. The angel Gabriel appears to Zechariah. Well, Zechariah is in the Holy of Holies. First, this was a huge honor for Zechariah. This was huge. The lot fell on Zechariah to light the incense in the Holy of Holies, the place where God's presence was housed. This was an amazing opportunity. And the angel appears to Zechariah while he's in there, and he says, don't be afraid. Your prayers have been heard, and you will have a son, and his name will be John. Like we hear a lot of people talk about, like, They've met an angel. I've heard someone say, I've met an angel, and they helped me make, make a, a chicken casserole. It's a true story. I've heard someone say, you know, I, I've, uh, I've met an angel, and they helped me lose weight, and they actually then wrote a book about this. Like, I, and like, are they true? Not sure. I hope if an angel visited me, the message would be a little different than, yeah, you need to add a little bit of cumin to that casserole. And so... <laughs> But we see in Scripture that the common greeting by an angel is this. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. There is a sense of being just like a little bit enthralled by what you're seeing, this angel coming, because of the power that they contain and how they appear. It's like, whoa. And then the news that Gabriel gives to Zechariah is fantastic. Great news. The best. Zechariah should be thrilled. He should be happy. This is everything him and his wife had hoped for, had longed for. But he comes with doubt. Zechariah's refusal to believe arises out of a past hurt. A lot of us understand this. We can, we, we can relate to that. Maybe somebody who's here today that had a relationship with Christ, but then you know what? You felt hurt by him, and so you're like, I can no longer believe in him. Or maybe it's not even that. Maybe it's somebody you know who was a follower of Christ, and they have hurt you, and you're like, yeah, I can't do this. Zechariah has a heart full of doubt. He doubts that God is able or capable to fulfill it because of bitterness over the past. Zechariah thinks like his bitter past trumps the promises and powers of the sovereign God. 
I, I'm in that space sometimes. Ask me if, you, if I think my brother will come to know Jesus, and I'll be like, I, I don't know. I, I doubt. That's being honest. That's being open. I've seen it. I felt like there's times when it was going to happen, but it hasn't. But I still have to try to believe and trust that he's in control and that the words that my brother has heard come, will one day resonate and he'll turn his life to him. Zachariah, he says to the angel, he's like, what? He's like, what? I am old. Like, and my wife is advanced in years. So this in the Hebrew means much older. Like, Zechariah is saying, listen, my wife's birth certificate says expired. He's like, when my wife sneezes, dust comes out. He's like, when my wife, you tell her to act her age, she die. And so this is how Zechariah is saying how old Elizabeth is. She's old. Since Zechariah doesn't believe Gabriel... The angel says, you won't be able to speak until he's born. That seems cruel. It seems harsh. It's like, whoa, that's, that's deep. But God is disciplining him because he loves him, because he knows this. And this is huge, because unbelief will kill you. It will lead to sin. And God is like, yeah, need to trust me. You need to follow me. And Zechariah learns. When John is born, he is rejoicing. He's rejoicing that his son has been born. And this should have been his response when he was told he was going to have a child. One of rejoicing. And then we see in this story that we're going to enter into that Mary, when she hears it, she rejoices. And we see on, we had that picture of the sideway, you know, music notes. That is sings of the joy that she's received. And so that's why that ornament is on the tree. So the angel appears to Mary, and Mary is shocked. I'm sure the sight of the angel was overwhelming to her. It was a lot. But Luke specifically says that she was troubled at the angel saying, Oh, favored one. It's like, who am I? She asked, for you to show up in all of your heavenly glory telling me I'm someone special. Who am I? Who am I that you, you, would, you would think that upon me? You see, Mary's response is of humility. And we see Zechariah's response was from a sore spot, was from a spot that was like, oh, don't poke that there, Jesus, or God, don't do that. The angel tells Mary the same thing he told Zechariah, just a little different though. If we look back, it says, but the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. And you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The words are similar. We hear Mary and Zechariah respond. But the heart behind them is different. Zechariah's question was in scorn and in disbelief. Like, how can I be sure of this? Like, how can I be sure of this? He's saying, yeah, right. Like, how can, I, how can I be sure that this? Like, give me some proof. Show me. Like, I don't believe this. Mary's question was asked in this wonder and amazement. She's like, like, how will this be? Like, tell me more. I, I'm a virgin. Like, how would this look? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed. Like, how is this going to happen? And then Mary, she just felt completely humbled by the angel saying that she is the favored one. She's like, like, really me? 
And sometimes we think that God's favor is like something like we get, like I got a sweet parking spot, highly favored. Like, I have perfect teeth, the Lord's good. Like, sweet pension plan. But let's think about Mary's situation for a minute, highly favored. She has now been told she's going to be pregnant and with no husband. In a culture where this is not only like frowned upon, but it's punishable by death. Favored. The man she loves, Joseph, is probably not going to understand the situation and will leave here. While this was his plan, until he was met by the angel, she's favored. She is already poor. If Joseph rejects her, she'll be destitute. She might have to beg. If she really had the favor of God, like why didn't the angel just like stroke her a check when he saw her? Or give her the winning lottery numbers? I don't know. She's financially insolvent. She has a ruined reputation. Her most important relationship is falling apart, yet she rejoices in the favor of God. How? Because a son is being born to her. A son, the angel says, whose name will be called Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. What if, like what if this, what if her main problem was not finances or a bad reputation, but a severed relationship with God? And Jesus was coming to restore that. That is favor. The fact that her pregnancy essentially put her under a curse of death is supposed to be a picture for us. Jesus was born to a woman under the curse of death. We, the whole human race, we're under the curse of death, and Jesus was born to us and will grow up to take that curse. The gospel in four words is this, Jesus in my place. Why we have the story of Zechariah right before is because, yes, it fulfills prophecy that there will be one that comes before Jesus to pave the way, and his name will be John. But also that Jesus' birth was, birth was accompanied by another baby, being born in disappointment. A barren woman showing us that one day this baby, Jesus, will erase all that disappointment. He'll erase it all. You see, when Zechariah was approached with the news of having a baby, he was approached with years of pain of not having a child. He couldn't believe it. It was hard. He's like, there's too much pain. That, does, that cannot happen. He couldn't believe but Mary realizes grace is being bestowed upon her. And it wasn't because of her purity or her righteousness. It was because Jesus is the picture of grace. Jesus is the picture of grace. Mary just couldn't believe, but this is a humble disbelief. Like, oh my goodness. I can't, this is amazing. And the angel responds to that humble question. He responds to her with that humble question. Mary is like, how can it be? And the angel gives her more insight into how this will happen. He says, the angel answered in verse 35, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for nothing will be impossible with God. For nothing will be impossible with God. If I was to leave you with one big thing, one thing today, one thing that would maybe encourage you, bring you hope, as you move forward in this week through your life, through maybe situations that you're facing right now, it is this. With Christ, we can expect the impossible. 
With Christ, we can expect wonder. With Christ, we can expect to be in awe. With Christ, we can expect hope. Like when we feel like we're being put in a spot where it doesn't feel comfortable, where it feels like it's challenging us, and we feel maybe like what Mary felt, we can expect him to do something. Maybe the impossible is what you're looking for. He is the God of the impossible, but it's not impossible to him. It's just every day. Some of you feel like you're in an impossible space right now. Maybe the weight, like I said, of your financial problems, it just feels like it's impossible. It's not going to happen. Maybe your work seems impossible. The people you're around, they're tough. They're hard. You don't feel like you're being a life. You're like, it's impossible for these people to come to know Jesus. It can't happen. Maybe you're expecting it nothing to happen. But you can expect he will do the impossible. Maybe you're like, I don't know if my husband or my wife will come to know Jesus. Maybe we're going through this, this hard time. It doesn't feel like there's any light at the end of the tunnel. He can work. We can expect the miraculous with Jesus. And we can be in awe of it just like Mary was. Maybe you feel like Elizabeth. You are barren with just a hopelessness. You're just hopeless. Man, well, Mary came. Or Mary bore what our barren soul was looking for, and it's the hope of the world, Jesus. She was expecting, with child, the child of the impossible. Israel were told to expect the king. All the promises and prophecies told them to expect someone who would deliver them. They anticipated it, but God was preparing them not just to expect the king, but to expect the impossible of this king. This was foreshadowing to what life was going to be like with Jesus. Obviously, the virgin birth, it seems impossible, possible with Christ. The miracles that Jesus formed, it seemed impossible, possible with Christ. The resurrection, impossible, possible with Jesus. The same power that uh, he rose up from the grave now lives with us, that seems impossible, possible. We are not to answer in skeptical pain as Zechariah did, but in wonder, in awe, in belief in Jesus, looking at him, believing he is going to do it and saying, wow, like, how are you going to do this, Lord? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Like, I'm excited to be a part of this. I'm completely, like, I have no idea how it's going to work. I'm completely humble, but I trust in you. It wasn't Zechariah's faith in God, it was his trust in God that led him to not believing. He couldn't believe the impossible. And it's like a shocking of a, like a priest of God, someone who would have told of the stories of like the people coming, being delivered out of Israel, someone who would have maybe even told the story of Sarah having a child, or maybe even Hannah of having a child. Like Zechariah would have known these stories, he would have told of these stories. Wombs opened. He should expect it to happen, but he doesn't. His pain dictated his belief of the God that can do the impossible in our lives. And his trust for the impossible in his life. And then you get this picture of Mary, this, this teenage girl. And she's told of it, that it's going to happen. You're going to have a child. And she's in awe and wonder and honored to be taken a part of it. I'm going to invite Noah up, and we're just going to close here. Mary would have known of the prophecies. She would have known of them. 
She would at least heard of them, of the coming of the Messiah. Like when the angel explained this to her, she would have thought of like, oh, Isaiah 7, 14. The virgin shall conceive of a child. She would have heard the, the in stories and she would have trusted in God. And she would have believed these amazing things that had happened. Like, do I read, do we read our word and we believe that the same impossible things that happened in the Bible that would happen as we read and turn each page can happen in our lives? Do we expect that to happen? Or we're like, these are just stories that has led me to coming to know him. Or do we expect miraculous to happen in our lives? Mary believed it. Zechariah. It was hard. And then we think we need to be someone special. But God came and he dwelled with a poor teenage girl. And then she sang of his praises right away. When Zechariah had to wait nine long months to do that. Nine long agonizing months in order to speak again. When we are maybe tasked with something that seems like, oh, I don't know, I'm sure how this is going to work out, Jesus. We come to him in praise, as Mary did, just saying, yes, I'm, I believe in you. I believe it's going to happen. What Mary says in verse 37, or 38, she says, I am the Lord's servant. Mary answered, may your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Left her. This just gives all the glory and honor to God, all of it to him as the one who accomplishes the impossible, the one who accomplishes the things that we can never fathom. She says, I'm a servant of the Lord. Other servants say maidservant. Other translations say maidservant. She is saying, as your servant, you are my master. I believe and trust in you. I'm sure she was afraid. But she trusted God. She said, I trust he will do this and protect me because the impossible he has done before. If he can bear a child within me, a virgin, then he will for sure protect me from the death and that they will want to bestow upon me these people. And so it begs us that may ask the question, are we expecting him to do the impossible in our lives? When those things, they see overwhelming, they seem like they're too far, like they seem like they can't be done. Are we anxiously awaiting to be surprised? Like my wife being surprised that one Christmas, expecting a gift, but not expecting it to be like that. He is a God of amazement, of wonder, of awe. He is a God of hope. He's the God we can expect. Maybe you're hearing this story and you're saying, I want to know this God of wonder. I want to know this God of hope. I feel like barren with hopelessness. You know, I feel like I, I'm just struck down in doubt. I don't believe anything. I want a relationship with him. One who brings hope. I want to talk to you after this. I would love to chat with you. But as we close, Noah's going to lead us in one song. Let's stand together. And I'm going to pray. Then I'm going to pass this off to Noah. Let's sing to the God of wonder, the God who gives us, who awes us, the God who does the impossible as he bears within a virgin, the Savior of the world, a God who brings us hope, a God who gives us peace, a God who wants to do miraculous in all of our lives.
Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you of this story. Lord, I want to expect you to do wonderful things, amazing things, things that I can't even fathom. Lord, if I can expect certain little things to happen, it's because it's my power, Lord, but the impossible speaks of a powerful God. It points to you. Someone coming to know you, that's an amazing, amazing gift, amazing, miraculous sign, something that seems almost impossible. Lord, we're all facing something in our life that we're just like, I, I just, I'm not sure how this is going to turn out. Maybe we've been there before and we, we have some doubt that's going to happen. I just want us to think about that thing right now that's in front of us that maybe we're doubting. And maybe in your head or under your breath, just, just say, I, I, I believe in you, Jesus. I, I, be, I believe in the one, the God of wonder and all. Maybe whatever it is, Maybe it's somebody that you know that needs to come to know Jesus. Maybe it's a financial situation. Maybe, maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's the salvation of a loved one. As, as we just take this moment, speak it out to your breath. Think of it in your head. Give it to the Lord. Jesus with you. Lord, we expect to be filled with wonder and amazement. And we trust in you as you work in our lives, Father. Let's sing of our good Father.